0: what's up Peace? we're back thank you so much for joining us on the aew insider as always i'm your host lee benz and this is this week's edition of movies and more episode eight all right let's get right into it this weekend's box office. Number one in knocking off it chapter two, which I did predict, it was Dalton Abbey. As I said, I'm not a fan of this film. People absolutely love it. Like I said, it too was number one the last two weeks. But last week, it almost got beat by Hustlers. It only beat it by like 6 million. And Hustlers actually beat it on Friday night, just not the whole weekend. So I said, if something big does come along, it's going to knock it off its number one spot. And boy, did it. So number one was Dalton Abbey. Number two was Brad Pitt's new film, Astra or Adda Fox. Number three... Was Rambo Last Blood? I'm glad Rambo Last Blood made a little bit of money. The reviews I've seen for it are absolutely horrible. They're saying it's just mindless killing blood, it's just fucking garbage and unneeded. But I'm gonna have to give it a watch when I get a chance. IT Chapter 2 was number four. Third week in a row dropped to number four. It made 17 million still, and overall, almost 180 million. So IT 2 just fine. And like I had said on the YouTube video, it's great that it did do good. Because after the re- remake came out like two three years ago and a bomb. All horror movies got fucking canceled. The New Friday the 13th, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, plus more. But now that it too did well, plus The Halloween 2018, the floodgates were open. So it's good to time to be a horror fan. And number 5 was Hustlers, and I do have the review for Hustlers in a little bit. Opening this week is the cartoon, cartoon movie, like I said on the fucking YouTube show, I suck at saying this word, Abominable, like the snowman. What it's about is after discovering a yeti on her roof of her apartment building, teenage G and her two friends embark on an epic quest to reunite the magical creature with his family. But to do so, they must stay one step ahead of a wealthy financer and a determined zoologist who want to capture their beast for their own gain. So you know it's going to make a boatload of money, kids are going to love it, and it'll be pretty decent, but this movie's been done a million fucking times before, just in different ways. So that'll be opening this week if you got the kiddies. And then also, just to throw in there, because no other movies are really opening, because nobody wants to go against a kid's flick because they're going to fucking lose, is The Pretenders. It is directed and stars James Franco, Dennis Wade, and Brian Cox. It's about a film student and his best friend who land in trouble when they fall under the spell of a beautiful but mysterious actress. It takes place in New York City in 1983. The trailer looks way better than I explained it, so check it out, especially if it's in a town near you. I'm starting a new segment this week. I'm going to be given a recommendation of the week. So each week, I will recommend a movie, TV show, miniseries, what have you. I'll tell you why I love it and why you should watch it. This week, I do recommend a 2009 kick-ass film called... Spread. S-P-R-E-A-D. Spread. Starring Ashton Kutcher and Anne Hathaway. It's about a young, charming, handsome guy. His name is Nicky. He lives the good life in Hollywood by giving rich, older women plenty of what they want. Set. While his latest conquest, Samantha, is out of town, he throws a party and meets Heather, a pretty waitress who's cut from the same cloth as him. So this movie didn't make any money. People never even heard of it. I don't know how I did, probably because I'm a movie buff, and I've loved it ever since I've seen it. So it starts off with Ashton Kutcher, and he says that all the prom queens and high school kings and football jocks and good looking guys all move to Hollywood after high school because they think they're going to make it and fucking most of them don't. That's a boot, uh, the same boat that he's in. What he does though is he's a gigolo. He gets older rich, rich chicks, fucks the shit out of them, gets their money, gets their clothes, gets a use of their mansion, their cars, what have you. You know what I mean? So it's awesome. But then he does. He run, he's playing this chick and he's living a life of fucking Riley but then he runs into this chick who's broke like like he is, but he falls in love with her. So you gotta see what happens. It's a great movie. It reminds you of like an 80s flick with a lots of sex, what have you, but it's done right. So definitely when you get a chance, check out Spread. All right, now on to movie reviews. Like I said, I did watch Hustlers. I really don't do spoilers on this show. If so, I will give you a warning so my reviews aren't that great, because what the fuck can I say? But um, it was pretty good. It wasn't as good as I thought. It could have been a little bit better, but it wasn't bad at all. It's a movie you can watch with your girl. She'll be happy you're watching a movie with her, or if you want to watch it alone, because there's mad hot bitches in it. But they're not all naked all the time and all that. All you see really is a lot of ass, which is a good thing. But it's an awesome movie. It was good. Uh, if you don't know the story, it's a true story. It's about these chicks who are sick of how the stripping life treats them. They're sitting there pretty much selling their body. Some of them do sexual favors. They get treated like shit, treated like property, stalked, harassed, what have you, and they're barely making any fucking money to make ends meet, especially in New York City. So they come up with a plan with their little crew to actually get all these Wall Street guys for their money by seducing them, getting them fucking absolutely wasted, and even drugging them at one point. And then sh- goes down, so like I said, it was a true story to happen not too long ago a couple years ago in New York and definitely definitely check it out. I do give hustlers a seven out of ten like I said it could have been a little bit better would have got an eight, but it's definitely worth the watch and real quick, I want to touch on American horror story nineteen eighty four episode one. Now that was fucking good for real, for real. If you're a fan of the 80s horror, the camp, the killer, the slasher, or American horror story, all in fucking one, you have to watch it. It's a great cast, people to kill, great setting. The killer's awesome. You could tell there's two killers, like a serial killer, what have you. And also two, there's gonna be a twist, maybe like the season of Roanoke, which I didn't like. But um, if you check like the guides, if you check weeks ahead, you know, the the what it tells you, the description of the episode, some of the episodes. Episodes later, they won't even say what they are because the show's gonna do a turnaround. Because in episode five, it says they have their final confrontation. And that makes sense. This guy can't go around this camp killing everybody and stretch it out for ten episodes. So something's gonna happen mid season and maybe it'll jump ahead to the nineties. I don't fucking know. But it is awesome. If you didn't watch it, definitely check out the first episode of American Horror Story 1984 before the new episode drops this week. All right, let's get the trailers this week. First and foremost, last night during the Emmys, Netflix dropped a trailer or second trailer for El Camino. That's the Breaking Bad movie on Netflix. It premieres October the 10th. This one did not show much more, but what you heard was great. It had a car in the middle of nowhere. It was in the middle of nighttime. It was running. The person in it is listening to the radio. What it was discussing on the radio was the finale of Breaking Bad, when Walter White had that big machine gun in a trunk and he mowed those pricks down. It says nine people were found dead about the big automatic gun was used, but the killer is still at large. And then the the camera pans into the car and it's fucking Jesse looking in the rearview mirror. And he's got like scars on his face, whatever. And he He's breathing heavy and shit and bricks because one, he just survived all that two, all that shit went down. And three, Walter White is fucking alive. They don't show him, but he is. So this tells me this trailer that it takes place right after the finale, which is fucking epic. And Walter White is alive. I cannot wait to watch El Camino October the 10th. All right, peeps, we're going to take a break real quick. We got to pay these bills. When I get back, I do have some more coming attractions and I got tons of movie news. So definitely check us out on all social media the AEW Insider on all podcasts, Facebook and YouTube, and the AEW Insider one on Twitter. We'll be right back, peeps. All right, peeps, welcome back to the AEW Insider Movies and More, Episode 8. Let's get to a few more coming attractions. The next movie I did see the trailer for is called Ford vs. Ferrari. Now, I'm not a car guy at all. I think they're fucking stupid. You know what I mean? Just fast ones, all expensive ones, blah, blah, blah. You need it, yada, yada. But this movie looks good. It does star Matt Damon, Christian Bale, and John Barathol from The Walking Dead, Shane. Uh, It's about an American automotive designer, Carol Shelby, and a fearless British race car driver, Ken Miles. They battle corporate interference, the laws of physics, and their own personal demons to build a revolutionary vehicle for the Ford Motor Company. Together, they plan to compete against the race cars of Enzo Ferrari at the 24 Hours Le Mans in France in 1976. This one looks awesome. Great story, true story, kick-ass actors, looks action-packed. You gotta see Ford vs. Ferrari. And then finally, for new trailers, we have a movie called Dark Waters. It sounds like a horror movie, but it's way more darker than that. It stars Mark Ruffalo, Tim Robbins, and Anne Hathaway. It's about a corporate defense attorney that takes on an environmental lawsuit against a chemical company that exposes a lengthy history of pollution. Like this guy defended big corporations like this for years and seen the damage they have done. Uh, these guys that he's looking at right now and going against, they willingly poison people's drinking water for over 40 years. So all the knowledge he had in acquired from working with and defending these big companies he's going to use the fight against. Them. It's a true story, and it looks fucking good, especially what happened to these people. It's nuts. Alright, let's get to some movie news, and then we'll wrap up the show. In some sad news, Sid Haig, a.k.a. Captain Spaulding, has sadly passed away. We are so sorry to hear this news. Our wishes go out to him and his loved ones, and thank you so much, Sid, for all the years that you gave us in horror films, plus more. Sir, Godspeed. <clears throat> I know he would be happy to know that Three from Hell killed it in the movies for its special limited three-day run. It made almost $2 million. For all of us who didn't get to see it, it does release on Blu-ray next month, October, so rejoice. Rob Zombie was on Joe Rogan last week and he fucking killed it. He was very candid and talked about everything, including Sid Hay. He talked about, uh, what you call it, um, what was I going to say? How he used to work for PB Herman's Playhouse, how it sucked doing Halloween's with the Weinsteins, everything. So check it out. But this is what he had to say about Sid Haig Three from Hell was Captain Spaulding, Otis, and Baby. That was the three from hell. That was the script I wrote. It was the three of them through the entire movie. And that's what we were getting ready to make. But unfortunately, about three weeks before we started shooting, I got a call from Sid. And he said, well, I've been in the hospital for a while. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go visit him in the hospital and see how he looks. See how he's doing. Judge the situation. So I went to see him. Big burly Sid was now like a skeleton. It looked like he had lost 90 pounds. He's laying in his hospital bed, and I'm like, oh boy, he does not look well. So we talked, and I was there a while, and he was doing physical therapy with his therapist, and I was talking to the doctors. So I thought, okay, he can't do the whole movie. So I started rewriting the movie thinking, well, maybe he could do half of it. I'll just change the story, and maybe he'll get better. Everything was wishful thinking. And then right before we started shooting, because Sid's 80 years old, he would have to be examined by a doctor. He'd have to pass a physical. He'll have to pass insurance companies things so that Lionsgate can hire him. That's all the boring stuff that has to be done now. So I'm like, oh great. Now one of my lead three people is not allowed to be in a movie. So what I did was rewrote the script for the 10th time, this time creating the character Foxy, the half brother, and convinced Liongate, please, you gotta let me bring Sid in. Even if it's just for one morning, I gotta get Captain Spaulding in this movie. He's very important to me and to the movie, and it was very important to Sid. And they were like, okay. But I had to do something that was completely not strenuous for him. That's fucking sad, man. But it's great to get a little insight about it. I can't wait to see the Three from Hell Blu-ray and the documentaries on it. Again, God, Godspeed, sir. Thank you. Uh, director Matt Landis, son of John Landis. Uh, he went on record and said he wants to do a crossover. A crossover of horror movie icons starring the likes of Freddie... Chucky, Jason, and more, and it would inhabit the same universe. Now, that's really wishful thinking to actually get the, all the people who have the rights to the movies and companies to come to some kind of amicable agreement and make a movie. And not only that, Matt Landis, a couple months ago this June, a bunch of ladies are coming out and said he did some really fucked up things to them sexually. So it uh, would be amazing wishful thinking, but who knows? Uh, Shia LaBeouf appeared on YouTube show Hot Ones for their season premiere. Damn, it was a good episode. I know they say crazy shit about him. He does crazy shit, but I knew he would be awesome as fuck, and he was. Definitely check out Chalo Labouf on the season premiere of Hot Ones. Marvel Studios, a.k.a. Disney, is eyeing Ronda Rousey for the lead role of She-Hulk for the Disney Plus show. The director of the kick-ass horror flick, Don't Breathe, is directing the next Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like Halloween 2018 did, it's a direct sequel to the 1974 horror masterpiece. So it will take place directly after part one, and all the other sequels that came before meant nothing. I hope they kick ass on this one. I can't not, we cannot wait to see at what point they pick up from after the original and how it takes place. This is gonna be dope if it's done. I'm right. Um, if you have unless you've been living under the rock, this whole year is the 80th anniversary of Batman. It's on a ton of products, it's on pops, it's on toys, it's everywhere. Well, last Saturday, September 21st, was the official date that the comic was released in New York in 1938. So on Saturday night, a bunch of cities joined together and countries, France, Montreal, fucking everything. New York, D.C. And they had the big bat signal in the sky and shown on buildings in their town. Check out the video on our Twitter. They got the bat signal on the Capitol in D.C. and shit. It's awesome. Uh, Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds are starring in a new version of *The Christmas Carol*. It's being made by the two guys who made *Daddy's Home*. No other details have been released, but you released, but you can imagine those two in a *Christmas Carol* movie are gonna fucking kill it. Uh, if you're a big fan of horror flicks and the movie wrong turn well you can rejoice because after numerous shit mind-numbing sequels it is being rebooted the right way and for the big screen and it already has been begun shooting so let's hope they don't fuck the reboot of wrong turn up because that's a great story Uh, the wrestling show glow has been greenlit for its fourth and final season West Craven's estate has finally been settled in court. His family earned the rights to the original Nightmare on Elm Street, and they have the rights to the character Freddy Krueger. That kicks ass. There's no official word on of the new movie yet, but Heather Langenkamp, the girl who played Heather, wants to uh, excuse me, reprise her role as Nancy, and Robert Englund said he would do one more. So let's see what goes on in the future. Let's keep our fingers crossed. And finally this week, Halloween Kills, the sequel to 2018 Halloween, started shooting last Thursday which is awesome because it's going to be out next Halloween I can't fucking wait Um, on the set how they have those chairs where actors and directors sit in between takes what have you on the director's chair they did place Michael Myers knife that he uses to kill on it for director which is really nice uh, I do. I Like I said, the show will be on YouTube. I'm going to edit it, but literally I'm going to release it tomorrow. I, what I think I'm going to do from this point on is that I'm going to do it every two days. Like Thursday, do the podcast. Saturday, do the wrestling YouTube show. Uh, excuse me. Well, it wouldn't be three days. Yeah, it'd be that. Well, anyway, blah, blah, blah. The YouTube show will be on tomorrow Tomorrow of this. I'll be finishing it tonight, though. I might put it on tonight, but why put it on at midnight or 1 o'clock in the morning when most of you guys will be sleeping so it'll be fresh for you? guys tomorrow morning. All right, I'm rambling on. You know, I'll be back with a podcast in a couple days. Please check out part one of the 31 horror movies to watch in October, plus the two Friday the 13th videos I did. Stay tuned for our wrestling videos. You got to check out the wrestling video. A New Japan star legit pulled out a fucking knife in the middle of a match. It was crazy. Anyway, check us out on podcasting uh, networks, YouTube and Facebook under the AEW Insider and on Twitter under the AE AEW Insider 1 as a number one. As always, I'm your host, Lee Benz, and thank you so much for joining us for Movies and More, Episode 8 on the AEW Insider. Ciao, peeps.